Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Nina Pantic. My co-host, Irina Falcone, is missing in action because she's doing commentary at the U.S. Open. We caught up with Caroline Wozniacki. She really needs no introduction, but she is a former number one who has won 30 titles, including the 2018 Australian Open. She retired in January and talks to us about what she's been up to in retirement, as well as reflects on her career and her relationship with her dad, who was also her coach. We talked to her about what's next, which includes a global campaign called Advantage Hers that helps women dealing with inflammatory diseases like rheumatoid arthritis. Let's jump into our interview with Caroline Wozniacki. Hi, Caroline. Welcome to the show. It is awesome having you. You are our highest ranked guest ever, so it's quite the honor. Thank you. Well, it's nice to be here. It feels like January was a million years ago, but how has retirement sunk in for you? Are you comfortable in it yet? Yeah, um, I think I was thrown in it kind of a little differently than I thought, you know, obviously with the pandemic hitting the world and basically shutting everything down. um, We were kind of locked up at home for a while. And, you know, from from my whole life traveling and playing and, you know, my husband playing and traveling as well, um, all of a sudden spending three months in each other's space day to day was definitely different. But to be honest, We've really enjoyed each other's company and enjoyed some downtime that we've had. And um, yeah, it's been it's been good. And I'm I'm enjoying retirement. Um, I love tennis, but I also enjoy not having to wake up in the morning and and play for four hours every day. Is there anything that you miss yet? Is there anything you're you're lacking when you first started not playing? Um, I honestly only have hit balls once in the last since January. So. Um, I don't really miss it yet. Of course, I enjoy, I'm watching a little bit of the US Open right now. Um, I enjoy that, but yeah, I don't I don't really miss it. You know, I think for me, the biggest thing was to be able to play in front of a big crowd, you know, the atmosphere, playing late stage of the tournament. That's what really got me excited and got me pumped up. And right now with obviously no fans and all the health precautions that are going, I'm enjoying to see it and watch it from a distance. I feel like your timing was incredible. Yeah, I think, you know, with everything going on, I think I, I hit the perfect timing. Has there anything that you've gotten up to so far that's been surprising? Because I saw something that you did in the mountains with, I believe, the Iceman. What was that for? I think a Danish TV show. So what was that about? How did that come together? It looked insane. Yes. Yeah, so um, we did a show with Discovery, which um, actually... It's, it's airing right now, so there's an episode every week. And basically the whole premise of the show was we meet three gurus. So Iceman Hoff, um, Master Shifu, who is a Shaolin monk, and also Stieg Severinsen, who has world records in uh, freediving and also uh, longest 
time underwater without taking a breath. And he spent 22 minutes underwater without taking a breath, which is pretty crazy. But they teach us a few things that we're supposed to take with us when we're when we're climbing Kilimanjaro, and um, we're trying to reach the top of Kilimanjaro with uh, with very little clothes on, so shorts and and a sports bra, basically. And the sports bra and the shorts is that because it's supposed to add another level of challenge, like mentally and physically, for you to overcome? Exactly. So you know we're supposed to be pushed to our limits with the gurus and and mentally and physically be challenged and obviously Kilimanjaro is extremely challenging already but they're trying to add an extra layer and see if we're if we can become superhumans by working with superhumans okay this is awesome this is what retirement (laughs) should be I mean this is I mean is there anything else that you're working on I mean I know you have a global health campaign coming up can you tell us more about that yes so um we are actually launching a um, a campaign called Advantage Hers, and it's a campaign to really empower uh, women with living with chronic inflammatory diseases, just like me. Um, I have rheumatoid arthritis, and I went through a lot before I really got diagnosed and, and got put on the right track. And you know, a lot of women um, kind of got get brushed aside and don't get listened to. And so I wanted to raise a platform where we can, first of all, raise awareness of chronic inflammatory diseases, autoimmune diseases, and a place where we can speak and empower each other to speak up, find great doctors, get on a great healthcare plan, um, help each other feel better, basically, because sometimes it can feel very lonely um, to go through uh, this on your own, or even with a family that maybe doesn't quite understand what you're going through so it's nice to have a forum where we can help and empower each other um so the uh, campaign is called advantage herbs because it's kind of based on a tennis analogy um you know sometimes the disease will have an advantage over us but most of the time we're going to try and beat beat the disease and it's all about not getting frustrated when sometimes we have a bad day and and just look for the most positive in every day and try and feel as good as healthy as possible. This sounds a lot like tennis analogies. Is it all meant to be information in one place, like a website and something that people can go to and use freely? Is that the the idea? Yes, exactly. So it's going to be a website and people are going to be able to gain information, gain um, knowledge. And, you know, we hope to raise a lot of awareness so that women that don't feel well or have some of these symptoms and they can go to the doctor and find someone who can help them on on the right path and, and get get diagnosed quicker as well because a lot of women out there um, it takes a very long time to get diagnosed and by that point it's really hard to get the disease on you know back in, in on track and and feeling better so the sooner we can get diagnosed the sooner we can feel better and that's kind of the whole goal and um you know you'll be able to follow my journey of what I'm going through on my social media platforms as well. And it's just gonna be a great way where we can really interact um, with each other. I know you got diagnosed kind of late in your career. How did you manage the the disease and how did you manage dealing with that and playing tennis? And even now, is it a daily, daily process for you? It's definitely a daily process. It's a disease that I'm gonna live with for the rest of my life. But at the same time, I think every day you just learn more and more about your body. And I think just like everything else, you know, I think for me, it was a big shock when I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I hadn't felt good for a while. Um, you know, extreme exhaustion, pain in my joints. Even when I had it the worst, I couldn't get out of bed um, in the morning and I couldn't brush my teeth, brush my hair. That's how much pain I was in. And 
you know, I think the easiest way for me to explain it was you've been hit by a bus and you have mono at the same time. And, you know, the thing is you look fine, you look healthy, so nobody really understands what you're going through with, you know, if you have a broken arm, it's clear that you have a broken arm and people can understand that. But um, it, I got dismissed by quite a few doctors before I got my diagnosis. It was only because I was so pushy and so sure that something wasn't right that I finally got diagnosed and got put on the right plan. So, you know, I, I really hope I can inspire and empower a lot of women with this. And, you know, playing professional tennis with RAs is definitely not easy, but, you know, I'm such a competitor and I was determined not to let it slow me down. And of course, there's uh, some bumps along the way, but I won one of my biggest events of my career with RA. Um, I won the China Open, I won a few other events, and I'm just really proud of that. I think that meant so much to me to prove to myself and, and to everyone that, you know, if you have a dream and, and if you have the right people around you, if you have the right doctors that can help you through as well, um, you know, anything is possible. It sounds like fitness and working out is going to be a part of your life forever. I mean, you have a six pack too already, so you're crushing it. You know, I, uh, I've always been lucky. My fat doesn't go to my stomach, so at least, you know, that's good. But, um, but yeah, I love working out. I love staying active. It makes me feel good. Also, mentally, it just makes me feel alive. And, and you know, I feel like I can tackle the day after I've got a good sweat going. Is David part of your workout life? Is he part of, is he, I mean, you guys hanging out every single day together. Surely you're also working out together, working together, eating together, everything. Yeah, we, we're actually talking about it today. We're like, we've spent a lot of time together over the last few months and uh, much more than normal because normally, you know, I would go to a tournament by myself or we would do, just meet up with friends separately and do some things but we've been spending a lot of time together every meal every day <laughs> um, but you know what it's cool as well and, and I think when we have survived this I think um, I think this was a good challenge for our marriage and we've done well so far so I'm very positive about the future it does kind of show if you can go through quarantine together you can probably get through anything in the next couple of years in the future for sure Exactly. That's what we're talking about. And it's been great also because, yeah, as you said before, um, we've definitely worked out together. We go for runs, we go for walks, we go to the gym. We, you know, we love to stay active. He can be a little crazy when it comes to diets. He tries like weird things like not eating for three days, um, which would be something I would never do. So, you know, we have, we have some differences sometimes on, on the food department, but the main thing is we're both trying to stay healthy and both trying to, you know, just do life the best we can. You're both obviously saved up a lot of money, earned a lot of money already, but you both kind of launched into retirement almost the same time. Was there any uncertainty over like, okay, like, what are we doing next? Like, we've been basketball players and tennis players forever. Like, what, what now? Yeah, I think you, as an athlete, you know that eventually it's going to come to an end. And, and, you know, I thought about it for, for a while and just kind of what do I want to do in the future? And for me, raising awareness of this disease and chronic inflammatory diseases and helping women out there, helping people out there to feel better, that's a big passion of mine and something that I'm really proud and happy to do. And I'm really excited to come out and talk to, to women as well and, and hear their journeys, hear their struggles, hear their wins, and 
that makes me feel really, really good. And, um, you know, I hope we can help a lot of people out there. And for, for David, I think, you know, he started a family business a couple of years ago. Um, they're actually in the reinsurance business and they're doing, they're killing it. So he is doing really well. He's keeping busy with that and he plays a lot of golf. So, you know, he's trying to become a scratch golfer. So I think it doesn't be retirement. That sounds like retirement. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, for me, I, I have a lot of other things going on. I still have a lot of my sponsors and stuff like that. Um, obviously COVID has made things a little different, uh, but you know, we, we have a lot of things going on right now, which is, which is nice. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Tennis.com podcast with special guest Caroline Wozniacki. She's telling us what retirement and quarantine life has been like with her husband, David Lee. Keep listening. Have you tried other sports too? Have you tried golf? Because everyone says because you play tennis, you can play golf, but I don't believe that for a second. See, I get really frustrated because the ball is standing still. And if I don't hit it perfectly every time, I get so mad. Because in tennis, if the ball is right there, you should be able to do anything with it and hit it as hard as possible. But golf is definitely a, a really hard sport. So um, I'm trying. I go in waves when I want to play and I don't want to play. What about basketball? Any, any play of that with, with David? So... You know, we we're talking about it, and I, I don't mind rebounding for him or doing something or helping him out. Um, I can't jump. I'm very athletic in general, um, and I think David would say that too if he was here, but jumping is just – and for some reason, basketball, I'm just not very good. You know, put me in soccer, put me in swimming, whatever. Like, I'll be decent. Basketball, I'm not very good, but uh, – he plays a lot of tennis actually too. So uh, he enjoys that. Um, whereas for me, I enjoy running. I enjoy yoga. I enjoy uh, doing stuff like that. It's not for everyone. I mean, you ran a marathon. Do you have plans of ever running another one? Yeah, I was thinking about it actually. I think I would definitely want to run another one. I said when I finished New York um, a few years ago, I said, I'll never run another marathon. But now I'm definitely coming around to the idea of maybe doing it again. It was definitely a challenge. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it was such a cool experience and uh, one of the only trophies I, I have up at, at home. You mentioned you want to stay in tennis and I heard that you're going to do some commentary. Is that something you've always wanted to do? Is that something you're going to pursue? Is it more like, let's try it and see how I feel and, and stay connected? Yeah, so I think it's something that I've, I've definitely thought about and, and I definitely want to see how I feel about it, how how I like it. Um, I think it would be a great way for me to still be in tennis without, you know, the, all the hard arm court work. And I love the sport. I love the people in the sport. And um, I think I have a lot of knowledge about, you know, our sport. And I think I could give a lot to the person out there watching. And um, I definitely want to try it, see how I feel, but I could, I could see myself doing, uh, a lot of studio and, and commentating in the future. 
Have you like watched people commentate and thought like, oh, I like that or I'd want to do that or I like hosting more and being on camera more? I think I really enjoy the hosting, you know, being in the studio. I enjoy that a lot. I think um, the commentating, I'll have to see how, how I feel about it, but I definitely have people that I prefer listening to over others. But at the end of the day, I think everyone has their individual kind of style of, of doing things. And I think you just need to kind of do it your own way and, and, and just hope that people like it. They will. Has, has there been any change in how, I guess, your, your, your status and celebrity has changed? I know you're always used to people looking for your attention, asking you questions, trying to get you for photo shoots and interviews and all this stuff. Has anything, has it completely changed or is it still, you're still very much, I mean, you're still very much relevant, but is, is it still diff- is it different? Um, to be honest, I haven't felt the difference. Obviously, um, with be- having the lockdown and everything else, um, I just wanted to take a little breath and take a deep breath and just enjoy some time, some downtime, because I've been on the go for over 20 years. Um, So it's been really nice that I can just take a deep breath and and recharge. And now I'm ready to do more stuff and I'm excited for it. Um, But I really don't feel a difference in the off-court things, I think, because I don't know, I think because I've been on tour for so long, I just feel like people see me as will always see me as the tennis player in one way or the other. And that's, I think that's okay. Sometimes people feel they have to really disengage from their tennis identity, but your situation I think is very different. I think it's okay to, to have that forever. Yeah. I love, you know, my tennis identity. It's given me so much in life and it's, it's part of who I am and it's, I've worked so hard for everything I've done on, on court. And, you know, I think I enjoy having that part of me of course there's going to be you know different layers to me as well and I'll have time to do more other things and just spending more time with friends and family and and actually going places um compared to when I was a tennis player but I think that part of of me will always be there what about your dad how has he coped with this new life it's really funny because I was you know when I told him that this was my decision and I, I wanted to do and he was like wow, I'm really happy for you. And I was so nervous that he was going to be sad and and wanting me to play. And I was nervous for him because, you know, every morning at 9 a.m. I would text him and be like, okay, see you at the courts in 15 minutes or half an hour. and I'll see you there. And it was a way that we would also just connect and we would see each other every single day. And it was really nice. But I was nervous that with retiring and not having that, that I wouldn't see them as much. But honestly, he is so happy. He's doing um, actually some other things in soccer. He uh, he's helped a few uh, soccer players uh, transfer teams and, and do stuff like that. So he's very busy and he's busier than he was before. And he's loving life. So and I see my parents all the time. They live not far from us in Monaco. So we meet them for coffee or breakfast or dinners all the time. So it's been great. Have you? had like a, a strong working relationship with him always? Cause I know some players struggle with having their parent as their coach. Have you guys always been, I feel like you guys have always been this unit. Is that how it's been from the very beginning? Yeah, it really has been. I, my dad started coaching me when I was seven years old and, you know, being a very similar personality, sometimes obviously we can, you know, butt heads, but at the same time, 
he's so cool. He's so understanding. He's such a great dad, but he's an amazing coach. And, you know, I, I couldn't have had a better person uh, by my side every step of the way. And I've been very, very lucky. I think a few times he was getting a little tired of traveling and he wanted to do some other things. So I tried to have a few other coaches um, in a few times. But at the end of the day, I just knew that working with my dad was the best way for me. Was he a part of your process, including like when you turned pro? Is that something that you guys sat down and plotted out? Or was it something that you were going to chase no matter what? Like it was a, it was, it was happening. I just think it came so naturally for me. I think I was so young and playing really well from a very young age. And I turned pro at 15 um, in Cincinnati. And it kind of just went from there. It was never really, I always had in the back of my head that I was going to go either to Yale was my thing, Harvard or Yale, or I was going to go to Copenhagen Business School. That was like the three schools that I wanted to go to. And um, and I always thought that, you know, if, if anything happened, then I could always go and, and do that. But I just, at 18, I was already top 10 in the world. So it just went so quick. You mentioned some schools there. Is school something you're interested in pursuing? I know you've done a little bit before. What's what's the plan with that? I really enjoy learning, and I think I did the um, uh, I did a course at Harvard and did a semester there, and it was really really interesting and learned a lot. And I actually signed up for uh, I didn't I'm doing something more. Uh, it keeps getting postponed because of COVID, um, but. Yes, I'm definitely going back. I'm going to do stuff at Harvard, and it's really exciting. It's, you know, it's been a dream of mine to properly go to school and, and do that. So uh, it's been a lot of fun and just to learn from smart people, smart professors. It's, it's awesome. What are your interests? Is it business? Business, for sure. My, uh, my interest, business, sports management, business, media. I feel like that whole things is something I can use in, in the future. I know you've mentioned media. We also talked about on camera. What about your photo shoot experience? You've done some incredible stuff. And some people say that play, tennis players should focus on tennis. But I think that when you have an opportunity like SI swimsuit, why would you not do it? So the SI swimsuit photos, did you frame them somewhere? Like, how is that experience? Do you think about it a lot? Well, SI has been so much fun. It's some of the most fun shoes that I've ever done. Um, I did it three years in a row and you kind of become part of this family, which is really awesome. And the whole group of people that, that work there is just so nice and make you feel great about yourself. And I like that they include diversity. And for me, I've done a lot of different shoots over the years. And at the end of the day, you know, we're human too. And when you get opportunities like that or opportunities like being in Vogue and Anna calls you up, Anna Winter calls you up and she's like, hey, you want to shoot over here? That's, you don't say no to those things. You know, it's a girl, it's a girl dream. So uh, I've definitely done some really cool things over the years and I definitely wouldn't have, um, have changed anything. At the end of the day, I'm always a tennis player first and I, I've always been very intense when I've been practicing and always given it a hundred percent, but you have so many hours during the day where you can relax and, and rewind and, and, and just recharge. So it's been really great. The SI swimsuit one where you, they painted the bathing suit on is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. <laughs> that was crazy. I mean, I think it took them 15 hours to paint the bathing suit on me. And 
I actually was so tired at one point. I, uh, and I think from like the, the paint, I actually, um, uh, what do you call it? Like I fainted, I fainted halfway through. So they had to grab me and I had to take some water. We had to have a break and then went back at it and then shot really early in the morning, which, yeah, it was just an, an unreal just thing to be a part of. And my parents were like, wait, that's not a proper bathing suit. I don't understand, but it was really well done. It takes dedication and a good thing you're an athlete. You could withstand something like that so many hours. I mean, they picked the right person. Yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely a challenging but a fun experience. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, Tennis.com podcast listeners. You're listening to an episode with Caroline Wozniacki. She's telling us all about Advantage Hers, a global health campaign helping women with inflammatory diseases. Keep listening. Let's talk about the Australian Open. Do you... Where do you keep that trophy? I know you mentioned the marathon medal might be the only one you've kept around, but where is the Australian Open trophy? It's at my parents. So my parents have all my trophies. Um, actually, right next to me, I have one trophy because I need a vase for our flowers. So I stole one from them, but they they have all my trophies and uh, they love it. They have it on display at their house. And um, yeah, it, it looks great at their place. For that fortnight in 2018, did you feel different than you had? Because you'd played so many majors, obviously, beforehand. You'd reached a final before. Did it feel different, that that experience, that that year? Or was it just more of things aligning? I really think that it just kind of came together in, in that event. I got lucky in the second round where I was down match points against Deanna Fett and uh, then I had nothing to lose and I was playing with house money as I called it, you know, and I think I just played more freely. Um, and I think it was just supposed to happen. I think there was other years where I felt like it was my time and I was going to do it and it didn't happen for one reason or another, but um, it was definitely something that I'd been thinking about and, and working towards for so long. So I was very proud of that moment. What is more important to you or more special, the number one ranking or that Grand Slam trophy? Oof, that's a tough question. Both are very special to me and for different reasons. I think for me, it was obviously it became harder to, to get in that grand slam because it, it was so long. But, but when you really think about it, being number one in the world is really cool. Being number one in the world at anything is pretty cool. And, and in tennis and the sport, in the biggest women's sport in the world, I think that's something nobody can ever take away from you. So very few people have done that. And to finish the year number one twice in a row, um, it's even a fewer select women that have done that. So I would probably say number one in the world, but, you know, both things are incredible. I'm so happy I, I managed to do both. You were also so young when you cracked number one for the first time. It happened so quickly, like you said earlier. Have you noticed a shift in the tours that players are actually now peaking a little bit later? I mean, maybe more men than women, but I think women too have have a shot to crack in the maybe the mid-20s. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I was very young and we were a couple of players that are very young that 
got up really quickly, but um, I definitely see the switch of players playing longer and younger players taking longer to, to mature and getting to that stage where they peak. So I don't know, maybe, maybe if you have an insane talent, if you are really, really good, you're going to break through early, but you know, I think some people also just mature later, your body matures later. Maybe some people went to college. I think what makes it very interesting is that back in the day, if you were 22 years old and you hadn't cracked through yet, you kind of were like, I have no shot, but now you really do. So I think we have a lot of great players right now. And I think that makes it really interesting. I feel like you've been a well-known face in the celebrity in the tennis world and beyond for so long, but do you remember when you first realized like people know who I am and I'm, I'm famous? You know, it's really crazy because I've come from such a small country in, in Denmark with five and a half or six million people. Um, and I had my first interview when I was eight or nine years old. And uh, since then, it just became more and more. And I remember, I think, the first time someone recognized me on, on the streets was when I was 10 years old. So from there on, it just became more and more. And I think that's why... I've always had a good relationship with the media because it always came gradually and it wasn't from nothing to a lot. Um, so I kind of grew up with the media following me and, and being by my side. And um, I think that definitely made it much easier for me as I got older and, and kind of knowing that, you know, whatever you say will be out there. You, you can be judged for it. So just, you know, try and be as good of a person you can and a good role model for the young kids out there looking up to you. I think you've always come off as authentic too in the media, which is, uh, which is rare in a way to see someone so comfortable, but it makes sense if you started at the age of nine. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that I don't really think about at this point, but you know, when I was younger, for sure, you, you learn along the way and you see what, you know, is, is okay and what doesn't work. And, um, and then you just go from there. It's a learning process. That's for sure. It sounds like you followed a path from an early age that was kind of laid out and meant to be for you. But did you ever have times of doubt, of questioning, of wanting to stop at any point in your life? I'm such a competitor. I want to be the best at anything I do. And when I was 10 years old, I had to choose between tennis and swimming. I was really good at both. Um, but I think like anyone, when you work so hard for something and you have a dream and things are not going your way, I think sometimes you have a doubt saying, well, am I really going to be able to reach what I'm hoping for. Am I really going to get there? And, you know, I think just with hard work, dedication, with a great team around me, with my dad by my side, supporting me the whole way. Um, you know, I, it was just meant to be for me. And I got lucky a few times. And also with injuries, I got lucky that I could really push through. And I truly believe that if you work hard at something and if you follow a dream, um, and you have your passion, you have a great set around you, you're going to, like, nothing is impossible. I feel like the team thing is so underrated. No one really notices how important it is to have the right people at the right time. So that's a big thing that you mentioned for sure. Absolutely. I think having the a right team around you, getting you in the right direction and, and keep pushing you forward to the best of your abilities, I think that's really, really important. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about is Serena. She is still out there. I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. Are you guys still in touch? Everyone talks about your friendship so much. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, we just talked yesterday as well. We, we keep up all the time. Uh, I love her. She's so amazing. She's not only an incredible competitor, but also just an amazing friend and, and person. You know, she's been such a role model for tennis and both her and Venus have really paved the way for, for generations to come of women tennis. So, um, yeah, it's so great to see that she's still there. I can't believe that she's still playing after so many years. Friendships on tour, I think, are some of the most beautiful things. How did you guys become friends? You know, funny, funny thing. I think I became friends with Venus first. She, uh, I played an exhibition with Venus in Hong Kong when I was 15 or 16. And um, we played a doubles exhibition together. And then she asked me if I wanted to play doubles with her in, in Doha. And we ended up playing doubles together there. And I think Serena was just kind of intrigued who Venus picked out as a doubles partner that wasn't her. And so... I think when I got the stamp of approval from Venus, then Serena was like, okay, I think she's, she's all right. And we just started talking more and more and, and became really, really close. And she's awesome. And, and I'm so thankful to have had all these friendships that I've gained um, through my tennis career and on the WT tour. Um, and I think those are friendships that are going to last a lifetime. And you get to be a little, an aunt to Olympia, the cutest baby ever. I know. Um, she's growing up so fast and she's so cute. I think my favorite photo of them is when both Olympia and, and Serena are on court and wearing the same outfit. And I mean, that's just adorable. Have you thought about having kids yet? I know you're married and you're only 30, but does it cross your mind? Yeah, we definitely uh, eventually want to start a family and um, go that direction. I think we really up till now just enjoy being the two of us, always being on a schedule and being on a plan. You know, it's it's nice that we can just kind of be ourselves for a little while, but definitely in the future, we want kids and I would love a big family one day. So um, it's definitely an outrider. This has been such a fun chat. It's been amazing to hear you're in such a good place and so much, so much you have in the future to look forward to. Um, for Advantage Hers, where can we send people if they want to learn more and, and where, where can they find out more about it from you? So they can go up on advantagehers.com. Um, it's launching... September 9th, and then also go on my uh, my Instagram and my Twitter, and, and you can learn my journey, and uh, we can all come together and uh, make a platform where we can help each other uh, to, a, to a healthy and strong life and, and really empower each other. I'm excited to see what else you do in your life. It's been so fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time and joining us. Thanks for having me. From the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, this has been the Tennis.com Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay caught up. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major listening app, as well as Tennis.com slash podcasts. You can also see the videos of our episodes on Tennis Channel's YouTube page and Tennis.com's Facebook page. We're your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. We'd like to thank our team, editor and audio designer and video editor, Christina Koseva, Producers Alexa March and Sean O'Malley, and executive producers Shelby Coleman, Kyle Einhorn, and Andy Chu.